following announcement has been paid for by the WZWA Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Insider's Edge podcast here on the WZWA Network. I'm your host with the most on the West Coast, California in Fury. It is so good to be with you here tonight. And I've got my one of my favorite co-hosts here, uh, if not possibly my favorite co-host that I've had uh, over the last few months here on the show. And it is the one and only Daniel Johnston. DJ, how are you going tonight, my friend? I'm very well. I'm excited to be here. Love doing these interviews. It's always a fun chat. Yeah, very man. Excited. Absolutely, bro. And uh, well, at this point, I should introduce, uh, well, we have two guests here to tonight, DJ, and very excited. First and foremost, I'd like to uh, introduce the one and only author extraordinaire, Vinny Berry. How you going, Vinny? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Good, bro. And I know it's quite early in the morning for you. And of course, our other guest, very special guest here today. He's a legend of the professional wrestling industry. He is the one, the only, the incomparable Lance Von Erich. How are you going, sir? Good introduction. Thank you. Hi, how's it? How are you? I'm, I'm doing good, bro. And I, and I have to say, I'm loving the purple robe. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's 4.45 here in the morning, so uh, I just rolled out of bed. <laughs> yeah, well, looks cozy. Looks comfortable. It looks it looks comfortable. More comfortable with my tight little leather jacket here. Um, but very excited to have you both on the show. We're going to be talking about Lance by Chance at some point, the new book that's come out. Uh, but I, I always start the interview, Lance, with the same question every time. How did you become a wrestling fan before you got into the business? I hate to say it, but I wasn't. <laughs> That's fine. It's it's uh, it's it's been an answer we've had on the show before. Um, but so if if you weren't a fan, as time wears on, what made you think you know what? Maybe this is something that I can do. Um, I was in the states and on a golf course in in. Uh, Dallas or outside Dallas and uh, one of the ref a referee named David Manning followed me around, you know, uh, the the golf course and he was looking at my legs and I actually thought he was gay. And uh, <laughs> from every hole that I went to, he was kind of following us around and then he said, hey, have you ever thought about professional wrestling? And I'm like, no. And he goes, well, here, give, you look like what we need. Here's my card. Call me if you uh, if you're interested. And uh, I thought about it for a couple of weeks, and then I went down to the world famous Sportatorium and uh, talked to uh, uh, David Manning and Fritz von Erich, and they said, "Hey, we got an idea. You know, we need help, and we have a storyline of you know a lost cousin that's in Europe. He's he's wrestling and." Uh, we're going to send you to Portland to learn. So that's what I did. Right. Well, for a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks, they trained me. And then I went off to Portland. 
Right. So that's where you got your start, I suppose, uh, working in Portland. Um, I, I, I was looking through some of uh, your past matches and, and, and match history, and, and I found it quite interesting. Uh, on the 11th of the 5th, 1985, uh, you won the uh, NWA Pacific Northwest Tag Team titles with Billy Jack Haynes as your tag team partner. I wonder if you uh, had any stories to tell us about one Billy Jack Haynes. Um. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he had just got out of prison whenever I'd met him. He'd been out for about <laughs> 10 months. So he was, I don't know what he got, uh, went to prison for, but it was kind of funny because he, he didn't drink, he didn't, you know, which is very unusual in that business. And so he, uh, you know, he was kind of my babysitter. He actually would, wouldn't let me drink when I rode with him, wouldn't let me, uh, you know, do anything but... Uh, sit there with him and his Corvette and drive to the towns, but nothing, nothing really spectacular with him other than him thinking that, uh, when he was off in Japan, that I was, uh, you know, messing with his girlfriend, I was living in the same house, but uh, not true. Jeez. That, he, he, he sounds like an intense dude. He is an intense dude. Yeah. <laughs> And and I'd like to I'd like to say, you know, uh what's interesting about this book is that there is a chapter on Billy Jack Haynes, you know, and there's a there's a chapter of uh of the Portland Territory. And so um the the book uh kinda goes into these these friendships and these relationships that, that Lance had with some of these particular people. So if there's a, a chapter in the book um, with somebody's uh, specific name on it, that that chapter is dedicated to, you know, what happened with that person when when Lance was there, you know. So, I think that's what's interesting about the book, you know, that the way it's broken down into sections. Mm. Absolutely, bro. Um, DJ, over to you. Yeah. So, twenty seventh of August, nineteen eighty five, was the PNW Heavyweight Championship. Ricky Vaughn defeating Mike Miller for the championship in Portland, Oregon. Um, <clears throat> this was during your early days in Portland. Like you said, you got sent down there to learn. I believe that was under Don Owens, if I'm not mistaken. Um, would you be able to tell us anything, you know, about winning that PNW heavyweight championship? Was that your first championship in wrestling or? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I mean, it... <laughs> I think we went like 15 minutes and, uh, you know, everyone was kind of afraid to, to wrestle me because, uh, you know, I was a bit stiff at that time. I think I, I only, uh, I only really, uh, kind of learned my, you know, the wrestling after I left, uh, world-class and, you know, in South Africa, I kind of came into my own and I enjoyed wrestling in South Africa. So very different than, you know, uh, Pacific Northwest, um, but had a great time. And I had a couple of really good teachers like Jerry Gray. I don't know if you know who he is. Uh, yeah, Sandy Ball. Sandy Ball. Mm. That's, that's interesting. So <clears throat> during those early days in Portland, did it kind of feel like a bit of out of the frying pan and into the fire because you hadn't grown up as a fan? Um, I just kind of want to get a little bit of what that felt like to have been someone that wasn't really a fan, but now here David Manning's come up to you and said, I think that you can do this. 
you've gone along. Now, what is it like now you've been thrown into that world of professional wrestling early on? Well, very nervous because, you know, from the even in Portland, Don Owen said, you know, I'm going to try to make you a, I'm going to make you a star if you'll listen to me. He had no idea at that time that I would be leaving. I don't think he would have put, you know, as much effort into it as he had, you know, done. And yeah. uh, and so uh, when he had, I guess, a hint that I was getting ready to leave and when he found out that I was wanting to leave to uh you know, to world class, he said, please, you know, you're, you're, you need to stay. They'll eat you up there. I don't think he knew I was going to be a Von Eric, uh, but at that time, but, uh, you know, he said, you need to stay here a couple of years, learn, you know, this is television that just hits the West coast. It's not, you know, worldwide. And this is a great place for you to grow up. If not, you're just, you know, and then you can go to New York with McMahon, mm. you know, but I uh, spend a couple of years here you know, more than whenever I actually told him that I was leaving. Mm. So. so perhaps perhaps he felt like, he being Don Owens, that maybe it would, would have been too too much too soon to go straight up to world class. And he yeah, had no he idea was, or he had no idea about any of this Von Eric plan or anything at that point. Yeah, um, actually, and he was right in mm. reality. Mm. Right, yeah. Um, well, speaking of uh, world class, I'd, I'd like to ask a little bit about what your first impressions were of uh, one Fritz von Eric. He was a very imposing man, and everyone was afraid of him. He was a, he, you know how you're smoking right now? <laughs> yeah. He he double smoked. He couldn't <laughs> remember. No, really, he had two cigarettes going sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he made me a bit nervous he made everyone a bit nervous and he uh you know his office was a kind of a mess but he knew where everything was and uh you know it was obvious that he ran the show there <laughs> awesome uh, over to you dj yeah so um <clears throat> in 1985 you wrestled rick flair at uh in dallas at fort worth uh, for the NWA Heavyweight Championship to a no contest. Um, would you be able to tell us, especially in light of the way that you came into the business, up, oh, might have just lost the, oh, there you are. Yeah. Especially in light of the way that you came into the business, what was it like to, to be in the ring in a title match, main event, wrestling Ric Flair? Um, also very nervous because obviously everybody's looking at you and thinking, you know, you've been in the business for, for such a short time and you're going to wrestle for the, you know, the world championship. So uh, uh, Rick came over to me and said, listen, you just follow what I say. I'll make you look like a, you know, like a superstar. And uh, mm. he, he actually is somebody that can work with anybody. A very, very talented person. Of all the people that I've met, and, you know, and he has a way of speaking to you that, makes you, you know, I mean, makes you feel a little more confident. So he, 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 I guess he had worked with so many new guys that were getting pushes that he just knew, you know, how to, to talk to you and how to actually uh, make you shine. Cause he took, you know, mm. all the, um, you know, I, I think that everyone kind of kept an eye on him, you know, and uh, actually he kept them entertained. Yeah. Bubblegum for the guys. I say. Mm. 
So really, you know, for him, it might like he was kind of going about this like, oh, another day at the office for him. For you, it's this big, huge moment in your career. I mean, that sounds like it must have been, a, you know, quite the experience. Um, <clears throat> over to you, Carl. Yeah, um, you know, you know what? I, I want to chime in with with uh, something else before the next question. Were you ever privy to, or did you ever, you know, were you ever in the bar with Rick, Rick Flair after the shows? Did you ever see him in his uh, finest of forms? Yeah, he's a. I, I also think he's a he's a great partier because he could go out all night long. Literally, I would be out at one, you know, and I would say, you know, I've had enough. I'm going home and uh, or going back to the. A hotel and uh when i would talk to the guys they said oh man he he, he left at four o'clock in the morning i would Jeez. go to the gym at like nine in the morning and he'd already been there for two hours so <laughs> i don't understand how he could do it i could not do it if i was out drinking all night there's no way i'm getting up only a few hours later but I guess that's just the nature boy, isn't it? I mean, I've got him right here, right there. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the next actual question was going to be, um, you know, you, you debut as the son of Waldo Von Erich uh, in the fallout of, you know, uh, the, the tragic stuff that was going on with uh, Mike Von Erich. Um, how difficult was it to, to take up that Von Erich mantle knowing how beloved the Von Erichs were? Uh, and did you experience much difficulty in the locker room or in front of the crowd of, as, as a result of the position you were in? No, you know, the crazy thing is that nobody really, um, you know, uh, I had once or twice somebody said, you know, you're not a real Von Erich. Mm. Um, but, uh, which is surprising actually. Uh, they wanted to believe it, you know? Up until, yeah. you know, when they got up at the Sportatorium and said, hey, um, you know, Lance is not uh, Lance. So, um, but, um, yeah, it's um, even, I don't know. I don't think that even any of the guys, I wasn't aware. They were all nice to me. They were just worried that I was going to co-cock them like, uh, you know, Kevin and Kerry were very... Uh, especially Kevin, you know, when people would come out of the ring with him, they would, you know, I would hear him saying when Kevin was there, mother, can I, can I swear? Yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> said, motherfucker, that guy potatoed me about 10 times. I remember uh, Dusty Wolf. I don't know if you know who he is, but he was a guy that was a kind of a lower card guy that came in and did, uh, and a great wrestler. He just never got a break and he didn't have really the, he wasn't really big or anything. Uh, he knew I was going to wrestle him. He said, "Listen, are you're not going to you're not going to hit me like the Von Erichs. You don't work like them, do you?" <laughs> and uh, I assured him I didn't. I mean, I don't think so. And he's, I said I might be a little snug, but I'm gonna knock your teeth out. And he goes, "Okay." And then when we got finished, he says, "You know what? It's a pleasure to work, you know work with you." So. <laughs> and and I'd like to say something about the book here, uh, Carl. Is that uh, yeah. the you brought up the Mike Von Eric situation? The the thing about why I wanted to do this story so much is there there's so many misconceptions of of this story and and of Lance. A lot of people think that you know uh, they brought they brought uh, Lance in because of Kevin or because of Mike's uh, illness and all that. But 
the plan was to bring in Lance way before that. Matter of fact, they discovered Lance on the golf course uh, shortly after David Von Erich died. And what you got to understand about that territory is that it was so hot at that time that you needed a Von Erich. They were running two shows, two shows a night, right? So you needed a Von Erich on every card. And so, um, you know, Fritz was looking at it as a, as a dollar, you know, like a financial standpoint, where it's like, look, you know, we have to have so many names on the card. And, and that was, that was the, the idea. And the thing is too, is what, one thing you got to understand is Mike, Mike didn't want to be a, uh, a wrestler, you know, so mm. his heart wasn't in it. And plus he was a lot smaller than his other brothers. And, yeah. and at that time they, they had that Freebird feud going on and those guys were, you know, really savvy in the ring. So, you know, the office being Fritz von Erich and David Manning, whoever was there at the time just didn't think that Mike was ready. And so that was, that was part of the plan for the, the invention of, of Lance von Erich. But a lot of people think that it was because of, you know, the Mike thing in the, in the, you know, I guess that's why the book was, was written was it was like, there's a lot of things that I found out going through this process that, you know, cause I grew up in Dallas. And so I thought all this stuff too, you know, and uh, when I got into doing the research, I was really surprised. And then just uh, yesterday or just a couple of days ago, uh, David Manning was on a uh, recent podcast. And if you listen to David Manning's interview from the other day and read the book, you know, we're spot on with what happened in, in that area. So that was I was really, really pleased to hear that. Uh, yeah, cool. It's, it's really interesting hearing from that kind of perspective about sort of the uh, commodification of, uh, you know, that idea of being a Von Erich because of how popular it was. So um, <clears throat> you mentioned a bit earlier that you sort of didn't really feel, have any pushback from the locker room or even, you know, maybe Kevin Von Erich was a bit wary about it. But other than that, um, what I wanted to get to next was the lights out match, which was Carrie Von Erich, Kevin Von Erich, and yourself uh, defeating the fabulous Freebirds, which was, of course, Buddy Roberts, Michael Hayes, and Terry Gordy at the Christmas Star Wars event uh, at the Reunion Arena. And I'd love to just get some of your thoughts on that six man tag match. Um, quite frankly, I don't even remember that match. I did so, you know, honestly, I've done so many. With them in the ring, I know Reunion Arena. I do remember that it was a, um, um, it wasn't nearly as crowded mm. as I think that was the third one, right, Vinny? The third uh, that you big, were on, yeah. If 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 it yeah. was the third uh, Christmas or holiday that it was you were on, Chris, yeah. Christmas nineteen eighty five. So this yeah. was okay eighty five. Yeah, I, I to be honest, I can't even remember that much. I'm sure they all kind of blur together, you know, like when you do so many of them. Carl? Yeah, no, this happens a lot on the show. Uh, You know, I I go to talk, I put specific matches in there to bring up and uh, someone might have worked with a a team or another person 500 times and can't specifically point to that one. So it's totally cool. And also, Vinny, I'm also really uh, 
thankful that you're, you're chiming in and you're letting me know when I have mentioned something that is a misconception because this was legitimate research I did on the internet. So anytime we can clear up misconceptions, that's what I like. I like yeah. that a lot. And, so, and, and that's the problem with the internet, you know, is like a lot of people think they know, you know, in even, even the Von Eric faithful, you know, the people who they call the Von Eric nation. Yeah. There's, if you go to, there's some uh, specific Facebook groups and boy, I mean, on, you know, the Von Erics can't do no wrong on there. And, and they, they think they know the story and they don't even know the story, you know? And I was really fortunate that David Manning spent a lot of time with me talking about this. Uh, Lance spent a lot of time talking to me about this, but I also talked to the young blood brothers and I, I talked to uh, Steve Casey and Dusty Wolf and Jeff Bearden and um, Mark Lorenz. And I mean, I really got a good understanding of what was going on over there. And, you know, I mean, is it, you know, is there another side of the story? I'm sure there is, but I'll, I'll say this when, when people, you know, if, if people want to, read a book of world-class championship wrestling. I wanted them to go for my book. And, you know, yes, it's, it's a book about Lance, but you're going to be really surprised about what you read in there. I mean, it goes into, not only does it go into the Portland territory, but it goes into the world-class tour ter territory. And, you know, it really explained how the wrestling business worked back then. Mm. And for someone, especially like Lance, coming into the business and not knowing anything about it, I wanted people to read this book who weren't wrestling fans, right? And so when I first started writing this book, I gave it to my niece. And she's 20, 20 years old. And she read a few chapters and she was like, who did you write this book for? I said, hey, I wrote it for everybody. She said, you didn't write it for everybody. You wrote it for the wrestling fan. So I went back and I wrote it in such a way that anybody could pick the book up and understand what was going on. And I think we, we got it right with that. And so I think um, that's the good part about it. And one thing I'd like to also say, you know, Gary Hart wrote a book. And Gary Hart wrote a book and he, he did one printing and he passed away. And if, I don't know if you've guys read it, I haven't finished it, but a lot of people hold that book in high regard. Well, when my book came out, a lot of people who read Gary Hart's book say that uh, Gary Hart's book and Lance book is, are probably the only two books that world-class fans have read that got that territory right. So I hold that in high regard that, you know, people are comparing our book to Gary Hart's book because Gary Hart knew what was going on in there because he's Gary Hart, you know? Absolutely. And I've heard that his book, there was only one printing and that that book goes for thousands of dollars. Uh, uh, it's uh, pretty crazy. But um, uh, thanks for the insight there, Vinny. Awesome stuff. Uh, I wanted to bring this subject up because I find it really well, I, I just find it interesting. Um, I know that the Von Eriks were very popular with the ladies. Uh, they, it was like Beatlemania. They're, 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 they're going crazy. So, so you know, being made a Von Erich in a way, you're being told that you're also a good-looking man. So <laughs> I, I, I wonder how crazy were they, you know, 
is there any funny situations with uh, the crazy female fans of the Von Erics? Yeah. <laughs> um, you have to read the book, man. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of them. I, 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 yes, it was like being a rock star in reality. You know, I, in the first, in the beginning, the first six months, you know, I was taken aback because I could go anywhere. And I, you know, if you just said, Hey, come with me, you know, the groupies would come. It's unbelievable. I think that I, I had three short dates and one night at a, a, a fundraiser. Jeez. That is incredible. How bad? How bad? <laughs> You've done good there. A lot of fun. Uh, lot of, I, a lot of fun was raised. <laughs> yeah. Go to any restaurants. And, you know, the I couldn't eat a meal. Literally, mm. it. You know, it was like uh, being a rock star. You just could not get a bite down without somebody coming in and asking to, you know, uh, well, with a line of people wanting your autograph. So, wow, crazy. it's crazy. Unbelievable. Uh, DJ, do you want to uh, take us over to 1987 now? Yeah, so <clears throat> around about 1987, you had some kind of a falling out or disagreement with Fritz von Erich. Some say it was about money or some say other reasons. And it resulted in you leaving the territory. And uh, later on, it came out on television that you weren't really related to the other von Erichs. And this was, at the time, kind of a breach of kayfabe. Uh, and and kind of, you know, I, I've done my research for this interview, but I wasn't there. I'm really wondering if there's, you can tell us sort of a bit about how that disagreement with Fritz might have occurred. Um, was there any fallout for you personally in any way after it came out on television that, that you weren't really Yvonne Eric? No, because I wasn't even around when that actually, hmm. uh, it, it, they could have, you know, they could have said nothing. And what they were afraid hmm. of, I believe, is that I was going to go to uh, uh, WWF. Mm. And so I think that's the reason they squashed me. But if I if they just left me alone, they would have never, ever seen me again. I mean, well, well, they did never see me again. But I, if they just not put anything on television, it was a it was a bad move for them. You know, yeah. and I'll I'll tell you what happened. Um, I uh, I got hurt. I got uh, Nord the Barbarian actually picked me up and i don't know if you know who he is but is that is that john nord that you're talking about yeah that's him yeah. and he was uh you know he wasn't really good at taking care of you so he picked me up and threw me down into the mat you know mm -hmm. like on, on a body slam but he landed me on my shoulder so i was Ooh. out for about eight weeks and i needed the rest because i was working all the time mm. um i was not getting the money that i thought that I needed or, or deserved because I was working many times twice a day at two different places, you mm -hmm. know, so I open, uh, and on the card in one, one town and I would, uh, be the main event in another. And in those days mm -hmm. you had to, you know, use your map and try to figure out how to get to the, you know, the town. So it wasn't easy to do, you know, you're always in a hurry. And, um, also I was selling my, I was pretty smart in the fact that I, took pictures, you know, cause we could sell our pictures or they sold our pictures and I made a deal with them that I got my picture money. And actually that's where I made my money and they were not giving me, you know, all the pictures that I was selling, they were making copies and selling them. And I think that was Fritz. I don't think it was the boys. And I think they did it to them 
them too. But I know that I was selling because I had picture with an AK-47 with a you know a, a leopard and some different things that kids would like and, and women. Mm. So yeah, it's it's that's so fascinating to sort of hear that that you know um, world class championship wrestling in a way you know they go out they try to undercut you you being their creation because they're afraid that you're going to go somewhere else just seems like exactly like you said if if they'd not brought any attention to it at all you know there never would have been any controversy at all it's just fascinating the way that those those things work and what a what a shark tank of an environment to be in you know what a difficult grind to sort of you know keep going well you know, the Von Erichs, DJ, were actually, uh, you know, they were actually successful despite themselves because, you know, I, I've said this many times and Vinny, I think, will agree that the Von Erichs could have been, you know, uh, where um, where Vince McMahon, you know, is, mm-hmm. you know, but he, he liked familiarity and he didn't want to go too out of his comfort zone other than you know, some shot like in Israel when we'd go to Israel. Mm. You know, what's interesting about that is that uh, back then the promoters, you know, there was like this, you know, I guess a rule or maybe even an unspoken rule that, you know, you didn't go into uh, other people's territories without permission. You know, I, I know that some, some territories work together and stuff like that, like Mid-South and world-class work together, but you didn't like cross boundaries. Right. Mm. And so what what's so fascinating to me about this, that Fritz was so dead set, right. He felt so good about not doing that. Like, I'm not going to do that. And he, you know, that was one of the reasons why world-class did grow. Now in the very, very end, they tried doing that when you know but he had the opportunity to do that before what puzzles me is if he had that belief like um like how the 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 i when i say boys the promoters when the promoters uh had that uh, belief that we don't cross each other's boundaries but fritz was okay breaking kayfabe on television right yeah in an era that you didn't do that and that was Go ahead, TJ. No, I was just going to add to what, yeah, it's just so interesting that, you know, he felt like I'm Fritz von Erich. No one's going to, no one's going to screw me over. So I'm going to go ahead and do this, but it's so antithetical, like you're saying to everything that was established at the time for the business. Right. Right. And so that, yeah, that's really, you know, I think that hurt him. I think that hurt him. I think that hurt his company uh, from the fans' point of view. Uh, another thing that really hurt the company was that uh, Fritz pulled away from the NWA and he created the world title. And, you know, the American title was now the world class world title. It really didn't fly over with the fans. It didn't fly over with mm. me. I was just really disappointed when they did that i'm sure a lot of fans were you know because the nwa and rick flair and that belt i mean it, it had a lot of credibility yeah. so and it almost and um it almost just feels like you know another time we could do a whole podcast just about that it just sort of seems like maybe what vince was doing with the new york territory and turning that into the national that was working for him but maybe that wasn't just going to work with the fans down in Texas at the Sportatorium necessarily. And I think, you know, that could have been almost something that helped 
world class's demise. But uh, we'll keep moving. Carl, um, do you have the next question there? I uh, just wanted to say that I, I, I really liked the name change afterward to Fabulous Lance. Mm. I think uh, I think proof is in the pudding right now with that purple robe that he's wearing. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. fabulous, Lance. Um, but I wanted to fast forward a little bit because if everyone wants to learn about stuff about what you did in Puerto Rico, which is obviously a crazy place for wrestling, they can mm. read the book. But I wanted to ask you about 1996. You do a little tour in uh, Malaysia. Um, you work with uh, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, that big Reno. And uh, also you work with uh, Vampire Warrior, who's also known as Gangrel David Heath. Uh, and this is on the 5th of the 3rd and 6th of the 3rd, 96. What made you want to retire after this tour of Malaysia? It's not that I retired. Actually, I was wrestling in South Africa. I just, I, and I don't think they got it right because, I mean, not, not Vinny, but, you know, if you look on Wikipedia, it shows that, uh, you know, I was wrestling up in uh, the States and I wasn't, I was in South Africa. You know, <laughs> I, I did some shots, you know, uh, but my, you know, I, I picked, I owned health clubs. So, you know, I was busy with that and I didn't need the money. I didn't want to, you know, I, I, it, I wasn't, you know, living from, you know, paycheck to paycheck. So I had money. I didn't need to go to the, you know, anywhere and work. I just did it. If I felt like, uh, seeing a new country on somebody else's, uh, you know, rand mm. or dine, or, mm. you know, whatever. Um, so that, that interested me because I'd never been to, you know, Singapore, or Malaysia. And, uh, so that was interesting for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. it was actually another one that I enjoyed. So, yeah. Well, I, I have a I have an editor's account on Wikipedia. So if there's anything that you both want me to edit and fix up on there, please let me know. I can uh, I can sort that out for you. So uh, <laughs> um, yeah, look, how uh, how uh, tech savvy I am, I couldn't even get the audio on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I wanted to talk about Lance by chance uh, and and talk to you both about. You know how the idea to you know write this book came about, uh, and the process of of, of putting it together. Uh, please, the floor is yours, uh, Vinny and Lance. Please tell us about the book and and how I guess fun it must have been to uh, to put it together. Um, it wasn't so much fun because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it took a lot of work. Not kind of my part it, actually on Vinny's part but I had to speak to him every Sunday and uh so you know every Sunday I would make time and actually you know uh we would go over you know the book and you know he'd ask me questions and we kind of skipped around a lot it's kind of like making a movie when I would make a movie you know you'd start at the ending sometimes and then you know the beginning would be at the mid or the last and so uh you know, I wasn't really following how he was doing this. And I wondered, I knew that he, he contacted me. And for some reason, a lot of people contacted me about writing a book. And he reached out to me. And I don't know, something about him, the way he had reached out to me. I said, well, I'll give this guy a shot. And uh, we went for quite a few months. And then I think he had writer's block or I had a mental block. I don't know, or both. And, uh, it, you know, in my case, it was very hard to go back to 80, 
you know, that time with, uh, with the uh, Von Erichs because they weren't really good memories. You know, it was a, a lot of work. My body went to hell, you know, that if you look at the, the book uh, cover, you know, and see in South Africa, the, you know, the shape I was in versus when I went to work for the Von Erichs, I had no time to train or no time to myself. You know, so those, the, you know, I don't have great memories. So going back, I hadn't thought about this since 87, you know, or 86 or 85. You know, it was very much, much easier to recall um, South Africa because, you know, those were great, you know, great uh, times for me. Mm. You know, I learned what I was doing. I knew how to wrestle. And, uh, you know, I was over in South Africa as well as I was you know, working for the Bon Erics, except the difference was I was getting paid what I wanted to be paid too. So kind of funny that I, you know, I go, you know, I'm working in a country that I'm getting paid. The, the Rand's not nearly as good as the dollar. And I was getting paid more in South Africa and flying everywhere, by the way. Oh, amazing. Um, amazing. That would have been <clears throat> It's interesting how there are differences between the way that the the business is run between countries, especially, you know, other countries as compared to the United States. Um, you know, that in itself, I mean, I, I, for one, I'm looking forward to reading the book. I can't wait to hear, you know, more about that South African period. Um, I'd like to go to Vinny for a minute here. Um, just sort of what was your personal kind of process as far as when you sat down to start writing something, you know, what was your sort of research process like for you? Well, Lance and I had talked for, I mean, before I started writing, I think we'd already been talking for about a year, year and a half. Um, mm -hmm. But I reached out to David Manning. I reached out to uh, uh, Johnny Mantel. I've reached out to the Youngbloods. And so I, I talked to these people extensively you know and and of course i'd record the conversation so i could go back and listen to it again and write it out and um you know what i you know it's funny the what he mentioned is like there'd be times that we you know like talk about the the end and the beginning and the middle you know all it was all over the place when we were doing the interviews i had i had like i'm not kidding like 30 hours or more mm. to go, sift through. It took me mm. a while, 30, 40 hours of audio. And uh, it took mm. me forever. And uh, I didn't know how I was going to put it together, honestly. I mean, I just like, and then one day it just kind of, the concept of doing it the way that I did it, it's, it's in a chrono, uh, you know, it is in a chronological order, but it's, the way that it's told, it's it's very interesting. It's it's easy to follow, and uh, I was really pleased with how it came out. But I was working on it down at the at the last minute to get it in a very uh, you know something where people could really comprehend. You know, it wasn't yeah. easy. <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, I mean, it'll be <laughs> almost like if that thirty or forty hours of audio that you've got about you know lance's career and world class and all that if that is one big piece of granite you 
we've almost got to chisel away all the stuff until you get to the, you know, the really important parts that are going to help you tell the story in the most effective way. Right. Quite an, and, quite an achievement. Well, you know, and also too, uh, the internet really wasn't my friend in a lot of ways because there is a lot of misconceptions out there. So I couldn't lean on that. You know, it was mm -hmm. like the, and sometimes the matches and the timelines and everything, it didn't really line up. So it was hard to rely on that, you know? Mm -hmm. And of course, um, sometimes Lance would just not remember. And then sometimes I'd call up David Manning and I said, Hey, Lance says this, you said this. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't fly. You know I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not the same. And, and then David Manning would say, well, then I don't know. Mm. And then, so, so then I would either not use it or, you know, I'd go, you know, go with whatever I had, you know, it was like, you know, you talk to some of these guys and, and I'll just give you an example. If I talked to three people and one guy said the car was red and one guy said the car was blue and one guy said the car was green, then I probably didn't write about that car. Right. But if someone said it was blue and someone said it was blue and someone said it was green, well, then it was probably blue. <laughs> if, if you follow, if you follow yeah. my, you know, and so I talked to so many people, you got to remember it's over 35 years. And so yeah. going back to this, a lot of these people just couldn't remember, you know? Just, yeah. I mean, so it was, it was very challenging, very challenging. Hmm. Absolutely. Um, so uh, I guess for everyone out there, uh, especially uh, Lance's and the Voron Eriks's uh, Australian fans, this is something that, you know, you should definitely consider uh, putting in your bookshelf. And even if you don't want to spend the extra money for the paperback on lancebychance.com, you can get the ebook for $12 on Amazon. And there it is right there. Vinny's showing it right there. Isn't that gorgeous? And it's purple as well, of course. Yeah. And that was, yeah, yeah because <laughs> yeah, purple's Lance's favorite color. Hey, and uh, that's right. You know, your, your fans down there in Australia, you can get the, uh, get it on Amazon Australia down there. And, and it's the ebook and it, it's, you know, it's got pictures and, and it's got everything that the book has. It's just not in paper. So yeah. Absolutely. I can't wait to dig into it and, and read it and sink my teeth into it. I'm excited. <laughs> you know, um, there's there's a lot of good stories in there, too. You know, there's a chapter in there on Gino Hernandez. There's a chapter in there on Chris Adams. There's a lot of really good stories on on him as well. There's stories in there of Kerry Von Erich, um, Mike Von Erich, you know, and and, you know, um, the book also, you know, it touches on the tragedies that happened in that territory. Um, mm. It's hard not to write about that territory and not touch on that stuff, you know, and um, mm. you got to remember, too, I was I was a big fan of that, that territory. I, mm. you know, I grew up and I, I love the Von Erics and but I was really curious about this story. You know, it was like everyone's asked me, like, hey, why did you want to write this book? And every time I would like go on the internet or I'd see Lance or someone would post something about Lance, you're, you know, because people like, oh, the fake Von Eric or Lance non Eric, and they like to make a joke out of it, right? But I was really interested in what happened. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, you know, who was this guy? 
why why did they bring him in and then why did they do what they did to him to get rid of him or you know the mm. end and his his stay there in Dallas and so I was really curious you know and a lot of people you know if you talk to people well he wasn't a Von Eric there's a good story there you know people even ask me why would you write a, a book about Lance Von Eric when you could write a book about Kevin I said man I I just think the better story is here and, yeah. and the thing that's really good about Lance is Lance was very transparent in this book. Kevin, if if you ever see an interview about Kevin, you know, there's too many unicorns and rainbows in Kevin's story. And there wasn't that many unicorns and rainbows in world class. Lance got transparent. Lance got honest. And not only did, you know, the thing that I liked about Lance when he he did this book, if if he talks bad about anybody in this book, it's himself. He was you know he was very honest to a fault, and it, it's not like he's burying the burying any of these guys. I mean, he went out there and he was honest about himself, and and he has faults and he talks about them, you know. So that was one thing I respected about this this story. Absolutely. Yeah. And and for anyone out there that says things like that, or oh, he wasn't a real Von Eric, well, The Undertaker wasn't really uh, somebody that came back yeah. from the dead. You know, uh, Abdullah isn't a butcher. He's, no. he's far from no, it. He, he, he's a guy that has a shrimp restaurant in, uh, <laughs> in New Orleans. Or... Exactly. Right, so, uh <clears throat> Um, I guess, uh, you know, okay, we've plugged the book and everything, but, you know, one question I did want to ask before we get to our final segment here of the show uh, to you, Lance, is, you know, do you have any regrets or anything that you would change from your time in professional wrestling? Nope. Seem to have lost your audio there. Can you guys hear him? Oh, there we go. Hang on. There it goes. Can okay. You can hear you now. Yep. yep. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I'll teach you how to turn on the audio if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't go back because I have a lot of memories about stuff that if I actually did talk about, you know, and I didn't do this because, you know, but I could have, there's a lot of incidences that happened with the Von Erics that I just didn't talk about because I didn't feel right about talking about it. But like uh, Benny says, it was it it was anything but unicorns and rainbows, and you know, uh, so so um, I, I wanted to say that uh, I would have probably, if I had to do all over again, you know, I would have actually left in a different way, and I would have actually uh, I would have gone to the, the I probably would have stayed in Portland, actually. Mm and spent another couple of years there and then gone to you know uh the to mcmahon having yeah. had said that but i've had a an awesome life you know i haven't lived in the states at all for 30 years you know and it's kind of i always wanted to wrestle in australia um and uh the reason i think that instead of ending up in mexico half the year i would end up in uh, australia half the year and south africa half the year because we like the same sports and you know it's much very much the culture that i'm i'm used to mm. you know um i just don't know how i would have stayed you know 
Um, are you guys in Sydney or Melbourne? Uh, we're we're in Perth. It's it's on the other side. Oh yeah, I, I, I know guess. Where it is. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Not many people have, but uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's on the other side of Australia. Yeah, that's, that's a big right. territory, I guess. <laughs> that's true. Um, okay, well, uh, we're coming to a close here on the interview, and I've really enjoyed this. Has been a lot of fun, and I can't wait to to get the book myself and read it because it sounds like it's going to be fun. Uh, but the final segment, guys, on this show, and I'm going to have you both involved in this one. It's called Five Second Frenzy. You both have five seconds to answer each question, even if you go longer than five seconds. It's okay. You're not going to get in trouble. Uh, so you, you, you do know it's it's four o'clock here. I mean, I got up at four o'clock, so I don't think I'm going to be really on top of my game. It's okay. I mean, it, it should, they're not too difficult. Uh, but I'll start with Vinny, and then and once Vinny answers, Lance, you give us your answer. So the first question on Five Second Frenzy is: Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Oh my goodness gracious! I'd have to say Kerry Von Erich. Mm. Yeah. And you, Lance? Don Wilkin. Okay, cool. Uh, the next one, uh, well, I guess I don't know if Vinny can answer this one because uh, it's supposed to be his favorite opponent. Uh, do you have a favorite opponent, Lance, oh, okay. over the years? I say that. <laughs> Ric Flair. Sorry. <laughs> mm. uh, and do you, Lance, have a favorite match that you ever performed in? Did you hear that one? Who are you asking? Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, your, your favorite match you ever performed in? Me? Yeah. Yeah, Ric Flair, for sure. Awesome. Mm. Uh, and uh, Vinny, uh, what's your favorite match of all time? Oh, my gosh. The <laughs> uh, dog collar match. The dog collar match with Roddy Piper and Greg Valentine from, uh, I think it was 83 mm. or 84. Crazy match, crazy. Yeah. And, my, and my favorite, my favorite opponent was this book. <laughs> uh, and uh, speaking of <laughs> books, the next question is, uh, and we'll go back to our original format here. Vinny, what's your favorite book? Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Eric. Thought that might be the answer. Lance, nice. what is your favorite book? How can I? I have to follow suit. <laughs> very good right. uh, two next... for lands by chance <laughs> the next one is favorite tv show CSI. dawson's creek csi mm. and dawson's creek that's uh quite quite the difference there in our answers uh favorite film good fellas mm. good fellas and for you lance sorry Oh, probably Godfather. Mm. Okay, all right. You both like your mafia stuff. Uh, favorite musical artist? Oh. The Cranberries. Mm. <laughs> Steven <And> Tyler. <laughs> Steven Tyler. Awesome, awesome. Nice. Love Aerosmith. Uh, favorite food? Nachos. I live in Mexico, but I would have to say, oh, sorry. What? How did you answer that? He said nachos. No, actually, uh, probably uh, 
type of food or food? Just and, just any food, yeah. A favorite meal? Tacos, baby. I live in Mexico. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, favorite place to eat on the road? Favorite what? Uh, favorite place to eat on the road? Well, Terry's McDonald's. Tacos. <laughs> Terry's Tacos. Spoken <laughs> like a true yank. <laughs> uh, Nando's, any... baby. Yeah, Nando's. We have Nando's got... in Australia? We do, yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> okay, there's only three more. Favorite alcoholic beverage? I don't drink. That's fine. Um, tequila, and I want to add to this. I've never met an Australian I didn't like sober. I never met one I did like drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really good point, bro. Really good point. Uh, the second last one here on Five Second Frenzy is your favorite female body part. Legs. Legs. Oh, body part. Yeah, body part. Ass, ass, man. <laughs> nice, nice. Fantastic answer, fantastic. <laughs> and the final one for Five Second Friends, you guys, your favorite curse word. Favorite what? Favorite what? Curse word. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, nice. They, they all oh. work so well. I mean, I can go... I, I don't have a favorite. They're all accessible. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, they're all fucking swear. good. Eh? <laughs> We're Australians. He doesn't to. drink. <laughs> well, maybe if you didn't have a drink, you might swear, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> we really appreciate your time on the show here today, guys. Uh, again, everyone out there, the book is Lance by Chance. You can get on lancebychance.com. Go to Amazon, wherever you are in the world. I'm sure you've got an Amazon. You can get the ebook for $12. Uh, I just want to thank you guys so much for being on the show. And I just wanted to say, Lance, you know, we live in the most isolated city in the world here, Perth, Western Australia. And we appreciate you for everything that you have done in the wrestling business, sir. Mm, absolutely. So uh, anyway... Thank you again, guys, and um, we will we'll hopefully uh, be in touch again soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having yeah. us. Thank you, and thank you, guys, for watching here on the Insider's Edge podcast in conjunction with the WCWA Network. I'm California Ferry, alongside my co-host, DJ, and, of course, our new friends, Vinny and Lance, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.